2: We're converting
1: people one stomach at a time to what fresh food can taste like.
0: You use whatever
2: you can use and you respect every bit of it.
3: You know, if it's in season, you use it. We need to study and we need to read and we need to know about our region and what it's doing before we can start putting things on dishes. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Quicksand Food Connection. Today I talk to Norm and Robin from Highland Gourmet Potatoes in Robertson. Robertson is a historic potato growing district with some of the highest rainfall in Australia and perfect growing conditions for spuds. Norman and Robertson have been growing potatoes for a long time and many things set their business apart. Things like the variety of potatoes that they have, the freshness that they produce their potatoes with and the communication that they have with the community around them. I had a great time out there conducting the photo shoot for their feature in the Southern Highlands cookbook and really enjoyed talking to them. So I also hope that you enjoy my conversation with Norman Robin from Highland Gourmet Potatoes in Robertson. Thanks for... Thanks for having us out here on oh, this rainy, uh, rainy uh, Monday morning in, in Robertson. It's fine. It's living yeah. up to its reputation, the area. So. It sure is. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: we had a couple of good storms over the weekend too. Yeah. yeah just right. Yeah, It's, it's right for what you need it. Uh, this yeah, time of year? Yeah, just, just yeah, just perfect. Yeah. Gra- oh,
2: great for the growing potatoes, not so good for the um, ones we need to dig for market yeah, on the weekend.
1: Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we dig for the markets every week. Yep. We don't put them in the cool room or store them. So for Saturday's market, where we'll probably dig on Wednesday. Um, and we've got a market on Thursday. So what we dig on Wednesday, we will get ready for the market on Thursday and the market on Saturday so that they don't sit around too long of course yeah um, and that that I think makes us a bit unique in that um, we don't store them so what the, what we dig this week the customer gets on Saturday yeah. so there's no, um, no no degradation through exposure to light and and mm. and heat installs. and
2: also there's the um uh, starches turn to sugars when you store yeah, potatoes right. so it um, changes sort of the flavor and the way something cooks if yeah. you, you know yeah and is that well.
3: is that sort of um <coughs> you know digging them just for market not storing them um you know, I guess you run an ethos of keeping the, the best quality potatoes that you possibly can and delivering them, in a sort of a, in smaller environments like, like markets and selling directly to restaurants yeah. that allows you to keep that quality control. I guess that's something that... Yeah,
2: can. it does. Um, a lot of people have wanted us to sell... To, um, for instance, a uh, uh, fruit and veggie shops and things like that, but then you lose control of the quality of your product. So if it goes green on their shelf and they're still selling it, then uh, it impacts on your reputation. Of course, yeah. So yeah, it's
1: um, we are we are constantly checking um, quality that um, we sell, and I think you know, without trying to blow one's trumpet mm-hmm. too much, that is what we are known for is mm-hmm. quality all the time.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yep. We pick, we're, we, we're picking up by hand at the moment, so everything's graded when it goes into the bucket. From the bucket it goes into the boxes where it's graded again and anything that's cooked gets tossed out then from the boxes it then gets graded again when it goes into the paper bags. Mm. So hopefully mm. um, we don't sell any crookies. Yeah. And if we do somebody comes back and complains, they'll get a free bag. <laughs> yeah. Although they're not to make <laughs> such a big thing of that. <laughs> we did, we really only ever had one bloke in all the spuds we've sold come back mm. and complain about the quality in one bag. Out of you know, we sell oh 750 bags a week, yeah, and one, so I think you know that's that's pretty and, and that's
3: only one variety yeah. out of the whole yeah. spectrum that you do as well, exactly so. right.
1: Yeah. yeah, we've
2: done a lot of um education with our customers. As We sell with the dirt on, um, because people are used to seeing washed and unwashed at the supermarket, so we need to tell people about the reasons why we do this. But sometimes, as you can see, it rains and we end up with very muddy potatoes. um, It means that they're not going to have the green ones they get from the supermarkets. Mm. But by the same token, we can't see what's underneath it as well, (laughs) so they need to... To sort of take into account that we've done our very, very best, but I think the quality and the flavour of the different varieties just brings people back because mm. they're varieties you can't buy just yeah. generally across the board, exactly. Yeah, and we, yeah, we, we have purposely kept it small. It's a company run just by Norm, myself, and his kids when they can help out, and Dave, who helps us mm-hmm. during the week on the farm and has started. Uh, he's doing the Mossfell market now for us. So, okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, and and going back to that the sort of variety of you know different types that that you grow and that you sell and and the education that provides to people. It's. Keeping a, keeping a constant interest as well. It's not as if, you know, you've only got a couple of varieties and they'll come to you um, every week to buy their potatoes still, but it's rather, you know, if, you, if there's something new there or something they haven't tried, you can develop a bit of a dialogue with your yep. customer and tell them what they, what to do with them. And
2: Absolutely. We, a, a case in point for that was uh, one variety that we had. Uh, at early stages, um, when potatoes are being developed, they actually have a number, not a name, And we were able to obtain some seed Uh, it was called 002017 so customers had to get used to that it took us a long while to actually sell it because we tried cooking it in different ways and oh yeah it's okay but it's then one of our customers actually made chips out of them and one customer at Camden said the best chips ever (laughs) so um, we started to tell customers that and all of a sudden it took off so then people were watching 002017 does it have a name yet can i name it (laughs) no no the grower gets to to name it but um one of the kids yeah one of one of the kids at the one of our markets wanted to desperately wanted to name it sunday lunch
1: no sunday roast
2: sunday roast (laughs) sunday roast because it was the potato they always had for roast on sunday (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah, so. Does it have a name?
2: It does now. It's Sunset Pearl. Sunset Pearl. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, that's
3: yeah. cool. Mm. Um, do you want to just tell us a bit about some of the other varieties that you grow here?
1: No. Oh? oh well, well <laughs> my uh, my particular favourite is one called Telangi Delight. It was bred at the Telangi Research Station in Victoria, and it is a purple skinned white flesh fantastic flavor it's got quite a strong flavor it's a very and, distinct uh, flavor yeah very distinct flavor and um some people don't like it because it's got um a a fairly strong flavor but what i tend to do is if people are a bit ambivalent towards it i I give them a few and say, so go home and try it. Mm-hmm. And um, like we had it for MASH the other night and it was sensational. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, not everybody's cup of tea. We have another one very popular called Opway Reds, which were bred again at Telangi in in Victoria. And it's a really good all-rounder. It um, roasts up well, makes good chips. and Great, uh, mashes. great mash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we've got other ones like Atlantic, which are really good for chips. Nothing else, but making chips They're really good for chips. Uh, russets. Um, a lot of Americans know russets. And we had a lady the other day... At, at Mossvale. At Mossvale. Oh, darling, I like these russets. I haven't heard anybody growing them round here. Yeah. Yeah, she I'll have three bags, please. I think she actually went with four in the end. Oh. I think she, she almost <laughs> bought us out
2: of our russets.
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Um, uh, there are a few... Dutch cream of course yeah. everybody knows yeah. dutch cream and nicola yep very similar to dutch cream bit bit smoother <laughs> skin um, and you were that, say, you were saying before that you know a while
3: back people were always after the dutch creams and the kipflers and things like that do you like since you've introduced these new varieties and things like that do you see have you have you noticed a difference in the people's education on potatoes and and, oh, and, and a yeah. difference in interest the, in different uh, varieties?
1: the amount of um, other ones we sell. We grow one called Pink Fir Apple, which is similar to Kifler. Well, now, and it took a while to get people onto it. It's a waxy cigar-shaped potato with a pink skin, and it took us a long time to get people onto it, but now we sell not quite as many Pink fur apple as is, um, is Gifler, but Close to. it's right up there, mm-hmm. yeah. right up there with yeah. them. They're, yep. they're definitely
2: similar potatoes, so one could be um, s- substituted for the other. Yeah, okay. so, yeah. Um, yeah, And then we have all the different coloured flesh ones that people are interested in. So we've got Burgundy Beauty and Crimson Pearl, both of which are quite a deep red coloured uh, flesh. We have one that has a really bright red skin, but pink flesh, mm-hmm. called cranberry red. Um, and the purple ones, we have um, sapphire, which has a white fleck, and is part of those. And we pink have flesh. Purple, purple flesh. Oh,
1: I thought you said Purple
2: flesh, I might have said it. <laughs> and um, midnight pearl, that is a deep Deep, deep purple all the mm-hmm. way through. Deep yeah. purple skin. Oh, and
1: there's purple Congo. Uh, yeah. It's a very dry mm. potato. Yeah. I have
2: a little bit more trouble selling it because because of the dry texture.
1: Is is the, the coloured potatoes like,
3: like obviously in the hospitality industry one of the things that people look for is something that yep. presents well yes. um, those coloured varieties I guess is, is that the sort of thing that sort of began, began you guys selling to restaurants, that, that sort of point of difference
1: well we really didn't, it's a bit like Topsy, we really <laughs> didn't um, set out to sell to restaurants we started off selling at the local farmers market Mm-hmm. and thought, oh, this is all right. So, And and to be truthful, our first crop we planted using a shovel and a bag of... Robbie would carry the bag of spuds and I'd carry the shovel and open up a hole in the ground and drop the spud in the... When he in, says
2: shovel, it's not the sho- the metal end. He actually used the handle to oh, put okay. a hole in the ground. Yep. I dropped the seed potato in and stand on it as he was making the next hole and we just yep. work our way down and that was just here on this yeah. rise so this is And, and then, no, uh, then we realized
1: we better get a bit more modern <laughs> so we bought
2: because people wanted the, yeah people wanted our potatoes so yeah. we started in 2006 I think yeah. and
1: on on this particular potato venture yes yeah, yeah. yeah. because w- We've been both associated with potatoes back in 1965 or somewhere that era. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Norm's
2: um, a Fitzroy Falls boy. He was brought up at the bungalow. At Fitzroy okay. Falls. I'm a Robertson girl. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Potatoes are in the yeah. blood. Yeah, <laughs> my grandfather used to grow <laughs> potatoes in Robertson, um, and as a young girl, probably about ten. Um, I was allowed to pick up the chats that the professional people had left behind because back then they didn't have equipment for picking up potatoes. Mm, It was all done by hand. So the professionals would go along and fill up 50 kilos or 60 kilo bags and then I'd come along with a little kerosene tin and pick up the little chats left on the ground. And back then chats were not worth anything. (laughs) You didn't. Like it it was just for locals and um, for your own use. I mean, but but getting
1: back to restaurants, um, you know, we were approached because of our presence at Everly, and we've been at Everly markets ever since um, they started. Um, in our in our season, the chefs come in and say, "Oh, we'd like this and they, we'd like that," and take it home and. Um, uh, give them a give them a go and then come back and you know we do have a quite a big order for um, a restaurant golf ball size yep uh, hundred kilos a week of uh, multi colours yep. Yep. so that, that's yep. Bentley you were saying no, no that's, that's no. Benalong oh, Ben-Along. oh Ben-Along.
3: Ben-Along, okay yeah, golf ball size. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've,
2: we've got to get back into that uh, this yeah. season but that's actually it's a fair ask for us yep. our initial response to um, chefs were no we can't because we're so small small quantities doing things by hand and not ha- the, the chefs not having an understanding of seasonality and changes of variety so if they wanted, you know, love you delights. I want the more season, and I want you know, fifty kilos a week. That's not going to happen. We can't. We actually can't physically grow that amount. Yeah. Um, but if you're willing to go with different varieties and you know, listen to what we say is really good at the moment for mash or for roast or whatever, if they're prepared to make changes, then we can do that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we try and keep the quantities fairly small for restaurants yeah. we just uh, we just can't deal with it and mm. at this stage we don't want to get bigger yep. um, so we're just um,
3: I think I, th- I think though you know supplying some you know well-established restaurants like Benlong and Bentley and places like that in Sydney um, is such a compliment to what you guys do in the sense that chefs in high- class places like that, they do. They do care a lot about the products that they use mm. and what they put on the plate. And um, you know, w- when they're trying to showcase an ingredient, like a pota- whether it be a potato or, or, or something else,
2: mm.
3: a lot of the time when developing a recipe, they'll start with the ingredient and build around that. Mm. So they've obviously recognised the quality of the ingredients that you guys produce, and have said. There's some great potatoes down in Robertson, and I want to use them, and I want to build a dish Mm. around it. And I think that's a great compliment to what you guys do. It
2: absolutely is. uh, another compliment, as far as I'm concerned, in the case of um, Brent Savage at Bentley, we supply ones that are not... Marble size. They're small, but not the baby, tiny babies. Um, Sometimes they get to be a little bit bigger um, because we haven't had... Really small ones of the deep burgundy colour or the purple. And that happened this last week. Normal pack them and say, ask Brent if he wants them. And he, he never looks at them now. He just takes the tray and he says, I'm happy with your product, and he takes it. That's great. So, yeah, he he never questions it. Mm-hmm. Um, we sort of know what he wants and know when we've sort of stepped a little bit above what he wants. So he can deal with it. Yeah. And because he runs through restaurants, he's actually apparently dividing these between the restaurants as well. So, mm-hmm. um, It's yeah. a
1: pretty labor-intensive thing to do mm. is to wash these and and pack them.
3: And how, how do you yeah. go about getting, getting such small ones? Do you just pick them early? Or no, them early? no,
1: we just go over the paddock <laughs> because at the moment we're we're picking all all our spuds are picked up by hand yeah um and we just go along and any any small ones we pick up wow it is labor intensive
2: very labor intensive later in the season when we
1: use our bigger harvester
2: norm actually um uh, got a a special chain that brings the potatoes up but it's uh, got less of a gap so it brings the smaller ones up it also brings up a lot of weeds and dirt Mm but it brings the smaller ones up that we can take off but it the quantity is always a problem because it's the small ones are only what comes up with what we dig for each week for the market yeah. so people don't understand when they say oh but I only want 10 kilos 10 kilos is a huge <laughs> order yeah. of little baby ones you know yeah. Yeah. Um, literally um, six or seven kilos is as much as we can supply yep. in a week to one restaurant yep. and that's it <laughs> and,
1: and and the restaurants that the chefs try to pull the wool over your eyes and say <laughs> oh he's a very good friend of mine uh, and he said i could have some <laughs> and you say to the oh, yeah. to to say brent uh you know um, Joe Blow wanted some of these. He said he could uh, he he did not. He's <laughs> he, no friend of mine. <laughs>
2: yeah. But it's yeah. A, it's really interesting too having feedback from the chefs and hearing what they do. Uh, our, our very first chef really was Monty Kaludovich from um, now from Icebergs, but originally okay. from the Cass. Yep. Uh, he was head chef but he was the one who initiated the really baby potatoes
1: baby baby tiny
2: this size of your little fingernail size (laughs) um and uh destination new south wales actually did a thing on us um uh came out and saw us dig them and then we went to picasso and had actually ate the potatoes as he did it and he cooked them in a a clay ball ball that was broken open at the table and it Depending on what was in season, sometimes it'd be truffle or rosemary and garlic and all that sort of things. So, all these little coloured potatoes that fall out of the clay—it was just beautiful.
3: Yeah, he, a great experience. Yeah,
2: he he then did well. Um, he used to have a chef's table at the Cass, and apparently he had a few um, vegetarian um, customers. Uh, so he, he decided he'd make some bacon for them. And he took our cranberry red potatoes, which are pink inside with a red skin, and made really thin slices out of it. He smoked it <laughs> and then fried it and it was just like bacon. Yeah,
1: you're vegetarian, vegetarian bacon! bacon. <laughs> <laughs> <That's it. laughs>
2: So it's really nice getting feedback and seeing what they do with your potatoes as well. And I
3: guess you probably get that same sort of feedback from your customers at markets
1: too. Oh, Oh, yes. Actually, we've got one bloke who makes (laughs) chips, as in like crisps. Crisps, you know. And he brings them in occasionally, and he only makes them with a potato called a Kennybeck. And he brings them in. In a in a jar, and hands them round to us, and we say, "How'd you make these?" And he said, "I'm not going to tell you," <laughs> and he won't tell us how he makes it. Uh,
3: that's a that's a great idea, though. I mean, it's such a staple of a vegetable, but the you know the possibilities when it comes to cooking with them is so broad. Yeah, yeah.
1: I yeah. uh, we have another one uh, chef who. Um, makes them potatoes into a sweet into a dessert Um, it's too too time-consuming for me to do but (laughs) she brought them around here one day and they're lovely yeah yeah Yeah. 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 sounds great
0: yeah
3: and does the The so the market, the markets that that you guys normally sell out, the Everly markets up in Sydney,
2: yeah, every Saturday. Every
1: Saturday, and you've been there for how long now since they started?
2: Yeah, I'm not quite sure how many we missed the
1: first one, the very, very first one, because we had made a commitment for that weekend. It was just before
2: Christmas, and we had very little in the way of potatoes because Mm -hmm. our season runs. If we're lucky, from December through to the end of August, maybe mid-September if we can push it. But because we get frosts in this area, there's a a section of the season where we can't actually grow potatoes. The frost takes the green tops off, and that's it. Mm. So this was a pre-Christmas market at Everly. Apparently it was huge. But... Um, we really didn't have the stock and we had committed to do barrel market I think at that stage. Yeah. But we no longer do barrel. Um,
3: yeah.
2: so we've started the new Moscow market. Yeah, um, and how's that going? Well, we've only had one. Yeah, <laughs> only <laughs> had one. <laughs> <laughs> and it was big, it was great. It was really good. <laughs> yeah, we had and it's
1: only a produce market. And that's what the organisers of these farmers markets have to understand. I think that a farmer's market is a farmer's market. A farmer's market doesn't include trinkets and and second-hand books. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with them, but they haven't got a place in a farmer's market. Produce, local, fresh. That's it. That's yeah. That's and
3: that's it. Yeah. and I, as I was talking to Robin about before, you know, people who come to a market that's sort of all-encompassing are not necessarily there to buy stuff. Or definitely not produce. They're there mm. to, you know, spend a bit of a morning, have a coffee, Keep you know, yeah. you know, yeah. have yeah. a piece of cake, maybe buy mm. a bit of food or something mm. like that. And, you know, if 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 on the off chance they need some potatoes, they might grab some. But yeah. not everyone's there to shop. And these, yeah. especially these midweek farmers markets that are popping up down on the south coast, and you know, this uh, sage farmers markets down in maria is one most outstanding mm. farmers market in the delicious yeah. towards the last two mm. years. Yeah. Um, yeah but they dedicated to people who who want to shop for produce that's they go right straight there to buy yep. it you know.
1: and they're in they buy out and the turnover of cars mm. um is is just terrific yeah, i was saying
2: i was saying that to Stephen. we've oh. just gobsmacked at the first mm. market we went to because initially we thought oh we'll never get a parking spot it was well, easy to get a parking spot because people were coming and going all yeah, the time. That's it it yeah. wasn't people stopping to have a coffee and socialise. Mm. It was
1: a different sort of market. Um, but I I liked Maria markets because they don't start selling till three o'clock. And the bell rings. You ring <laughs> the bell. <laughs> and if, you're in big trouble if you sell before. Yeah. And and that that is, as an aside is is one of the problems without restricted access to the farmer's market like Camden is supposed to go from eight till one and you get customers there at half past six yeah and and you're not set and up and you're trying and to set up it puts a bit of stress on <laughs> you it under. does a bit Yeah, yeah I've experienced not, the not, same thing yeah not <laughs> that not that I reg- regret a, a sale or anything but you know I knock, yeah. I wouldn't knock a sale back but yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the markets we do, we do Camden twice a month.
2: Um, so that's the second, second and, and the fourth. fourth Saturdays. We do Everly every Saturday. This is all within our season, of course. Yeah. Um, we do North Sydney on the third Saturday. And up until now, we have been doing the Piermont Market. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very expensive market. Yeah. Um, Three hundred and fifty dollars no, store fee. Um, that's an awful lot of five dollar bags of potatoes to sell before yeah, you even true. just covered that. So we're just considering whether we'll do that. We've also considered doing the sage market down at Wirree. Yeah. Just giving that a go, maybe once or twice a month, if we can ever get ourselves organised. Uh, yeah, that's what I it. said to yeah. Norm.
3: Um, you know, there's a number of markets on the south coast, but he likes the idea of being. Being able to tie it into a trip down to Churros.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's my holiday.
1: I <laughs> Prawns go well with with potatoes. Yeah. Prawns, yes. <laughs> yeah,
3: I was telling I was telling Norm before a couple of weeks back I was prawning down in Lake Coiler.
2: Oh right. And um
3: I think we ended up with about four kilos or something like that. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so. wow. And yeah. he said he fattened them up, like he must have fattened them up last year or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All I
1: do is eat my bait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. 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 Uh, well, that's and I mean, it's great. It's great that that farmers' market system's available to you, and that there's more Absolutely. popping up, and yeah. and and that you can sell your potatoes at a retail yeah. price, and you're not restricted.
1: Yeah, one of the one of the things though is that. Uh, everybody sort of thinks oh gee that farmer's market's doing well we'll open up a farmer's market here Mm. and so the producers get spread too thin and the customers get spread too thin Mm. so i think you've got to be careful which markets you go to Mm. Um, yeah everyone's deciding it's a good idea
2: now like last saturday Someone came, approached me, and asked me, oh, You're an interesting store. We're looking for interesting stores for Concord. Um, but we're holding it on a Sunday. But people don't understand what it takes yeah. to actually dig, grade, pack, and get ready for a market. And, and sell at the And them. sell at the market. So it takes you two days to get over a market. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, well, for us anyway, because um, we tend to be pretty busy at market. Um, we've usually got to line up the yep. whole time of and we package, we can't pre-package because we have sustainable brown paper bags we've tried pre-packaging here the bottoms just fall out of the bags so you've actually yep. got a bag at market yep. so you can't pre-bag things from here mm-hmm. so you're literally putting potatoes in the bag in front of your customer helps you with and the braiding as what. well <laughs> yeah there's nothing
1: that um, affects the uh, no list your grading <laughs> quality as the customer standing watching you <laughs> put them in the bag yeah that's great <laughs> quality control yeah. yeah but I
3: mean yeah. like anything I guess you just sort of give them the best that you've got like at yeah, the time and then absolutely. whatever's next best is the best that you've got for the next person yes you, uh, <laughs>
2: and so many people come wanting to take photos at the end of the market and you think oh please don't
1: yeah. <laughs> this is well, what what we're also not afraid to do is to put people onto something else yeah you know we're not stuck oh well um king edwards um have you tried something else you know Mm -hmm. not that you would um, want to get people off King Edwards but um, Mm. because they're terrific potato but we don't mind recommending other things Mm. that if we are generally the first question we ask customers is what are you going to do with it
2: how do you cook
1: it yeah okay Um, and then we can go from there Mm. oh potato but I do get a bit um, beflunxed with they come along and ask for potato for something that's French and <laughs> <You> <laughs> Robbie <don't know> <laughs> yeah. what does this mean what's a hassle
2: what's a hassle back yeah. <laughs> what's, a, <laughs> what's a dauphine <laughs> yeah,
1: so. yeah.
2: but we're learning as well as we go along yeah, and, and we that actually is ask as customers. you were saying
1: before one of the things that we we get feedback on is what chefs are doing with the potato. Mm-hmm. And then we pass that on to, to other chefs. Yep. I was talking to a chef yesterday who called in and I was telling him about uh, a chef at a restaurant in Sydney who, as I say, making sweets out of it by soaking the partially cooked (laughs) potato in sugar syrup and then baking it in an oven. And he said, I'm going home to try that. (laughs) And I said, well, make sure you buy the potatoes of us because you heard Mm. it from here first. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's great. Mm. But when we get a line up, we tell... to. Norman tells, not Robin. (laughs) Tells a joke. Tells a joke to keep everybody, you know. (laughs) People are bored at the back of the line. Yeah, some people uh, last year, or the year before, last year, waited three quarters of an hour. Oh, Oh, Christmas market.
2: We got caught. We didn't realise that it was going to be as big as it was. Um, And we had the stall at Everleigh's. Three meters across mm-hmm. the front we had two orderly queues that came out from the stall and went three stalls either side wow. and people just waited patiently for their potatoes so after that I started to take pre pre-orders for yep. Christmas so that and helped Three people well it ha- but the first one was still as bad because I thought oh well, with all the pre-orders we had we had over $1,000 worth of pre-orders. So I thought, oh, well, we won't need the extra staff. Yeah. Oh, no, we still need yeah. the extra staff. So, yes, so we definitely no, learned no, as we it's go l-
1: It's an ongoing, evolving process yeah. for us. Yeah, and you're, you're still dealers. learning, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And because and people's tastes change, mm. you know, a couple of years ago, we couldn't get rid of as Robbie was saying that 002017 Sunset Pearl couldn't get rid of it once they got onto it I couldn't grow enough of it because I've got to make a decision sort of um, April uh, April uh, or 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 even
2: before that we've actually got to put our orders in
1: order in for seed
2: about now actually we start thinking about what orders because the seed growers have to know what they need to put aside Mm. for each of their customers, so yep. yeah, it's a fairly and we long only lead
1: plant up. only plant certified seed, uh, which means that it's been government mm. backed, true to type, and virus free. Mm-hmm. And and so we that's go to so not certified organic. Yeah, it's not an organic yeah. certification. Um, we mm-hmm. uh, we get a lot of it from Tasmania. We get um, Colac, Corangamite ballarat Crookwall. it takes a bit of organizing to get all that and to let the growers know that we we are we only want you know 500 kilos of kennybeck seed or Mm. something yeah commercial
2: growers are buying tons and tons so when we go with a little order
1: (laughs) it's a different sort of of
2: fish yeah. for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But we're, we're running into a bit of problem with uh, um, plant breeders rights PBR because they um, we've got to pay a commission a royalty a royalty yeah mm-hmm. to the grower uh, of these. Or the
2: breeder or it's, uh, yeah, it's a, f- a bit of a grey area um, but what big places like um, Coles and Woolworths are doing, they're taking an existing variety and then putting a, a plant breeder's rights um, thing and calling it something else. So um, that makes it very difficult because we, we really probably won't grow that variety. So people get to know the one at Coles. Oh, there's a low GI one at Coles. Uh, well, we've got a low GI one that's only two points different. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we're again, we've got to do the education thing and yeah. say, well, this one will work mm. as well. But they've, yeah, you know, I I don't mind if they've actually bred it. Yeah. And have their their rights on it, and um, they're totally in- entitled to that. Mm-hmm. But. Um, yeah, when they just take another variety and put it.
1: We won't. Ge- we won't grow genetically modified, yeah, stuff. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
3: to do you, with your the people that supply you seed, do you, do they sort of keep you abreast of you know new new things coming in and and that some sort of, of stuff them as do, well? yeah, some of them do. I you
1: have to bloke press them. Ta- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of the blokes in Tasmania. Um, he will always tell us. Got anything interesting, Gary? Yeah.
3: Exactly.
1: Uh, I got this one, the uh, red skin, yellow flesh that's coming on. That mm. No. Yeah. I've got this red skin, yellow flesh potato coming on. That's really good. <laughs> I might sell you 50 kilos next year. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and that's often how we start off with a new variety. We just take 50 kilos... See what it's like, cook it. See what the market says. fifty kilos will turn into uh,
1: five hundred, half a ton. Yeah.
2: yeah. So you know, it's, it goes a fair way. Yeah. But we can just test the market with it and decide. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh great. Well, we'll probably wrap it up there. Yep. Um, okay. S- Robin yeah, and just Norm. Just with
1: the cookbara's in the background is giving
3: us the siren. <laughs> um, Thanks so much for having us out here today. You're and more than welcome. You know, I'm just so sorry the about
2: the rain. Oh, that's all
3: right. <laughs> Definitely puts a setting on the uh, on the environment here. So, um, okay. yeah, no, thanks for being a part of it. And it's been Not great to worry. sort of I meet you guys. I wish you
1: all the success with your book. <laughs> Thank you very much, Matt. I'm sure it'll okay. be a great one.
3: Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Norman Robin from Highland Gourmet Potatoes in Robertson. I had a great time out there and definitely got some really interesting insights into potato farming and what's possible, with the different varieties and how you can grow different potatoes. Um, if you want to find out more about Highland Gourmet Potatoes, you can find them online at highlandgourmetpotatoes.com.au or you can find them on Facebook They're Highland Gourmet Potatoes. If you want to find out more about us, you can visit our website, quicksandfood.com, or you can find us on social media at quicksandfood on Facebook and on Instagram. If you want to listen to any more of the Southern Highlands cookbook podcasts, they're all available to download for free on our website, which is quicksandfood.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and please tune in next time.
0: How old up?